Psalm 119, Discourse 17 of Exposition on the Book of Psalms, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Exposition on the Book of Psalms by St. Augustine of Hippo. Psalm 119, Discourse 17. 1. Verse 65. These verses of this psalm, on which by the will of God we are about to speak, commence thus, O Lord, thou hast dealt in sweetness with thy servant, according unto thy word, or rather according unto thine utterance. The Greek word hath been variously rendered by our translators by the words sweetness and goodness. But since sweetness may exist also in evil, since all unlawful and unclean things afford pleasure, and it may also exist in that carnal pleasure which is permitted, we ought to understand the word sweetness, which the Greeks termed of spiritual blessings, for on this account our translators have preferred to render it by goodness. I think, therefore, that nothing else is meant by the words, Thou hast dealt in sweetness with thy servant, than this. Thou hast made me to feel delight in that which is good, for when that which is good delighteth, it is a great gift of God. But when the good work which the law commandeth is done from a fear of punishment, not from a delight in righteousness, when God is dreaded, not loved, it is the act of a slave, not of a freeman. Now the servant abideth not in the house for ever, but the son abideth for ever. For perfect love casteth out fear. Thou hast therefore dealt in sweetness with thy servant, O Lord, by making him a son, who was a slave, according unto thine utterance, that is, according unto thy promise, that the promise might be sure to all the seed through faith. 2. Verse 66. O oh, learn me sweetness and understanding, and knowledge, he saith, for I have believed thy commandments. He prayeth these things may be increased and perfected, for how could he who had just said, Thou hast dealt in sweetness with thy servant, say, O oh, learn me sweetness, save in this sense, that the grace of God may become more and more known unto him through the sweetness of goodness? For they who said, Lord, increase our faith, had faith. And as long as we live in this world, these are the words of those who are making progress. But he addeth, understanding, or as most copies read, discipline. Now the word discipline, for which the Greeks use, is employed in Scripture, where instruction through tribulation is to be understood. According to the words, Whom the Lord loveth, he disciplineth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. In the literature of the church this is usually called discipline, translated from the Greek. For this word is used in the Greek in the epistle to the Hebrews, where the Latin translator saith, No discipline for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that have been exercised thereby. He therefore toward whom the Lord dealeth in sweetness, that is, he in whom he mercifully inspires delight in that which is good, 
To speak more plainly, he unto whom is given by God the love of God, and the love of our neighbor on account of God, he indeed ought to pray instantly that this gift may be so increased unto him that he may not only despise all other delights in comparison with it, but also that he may endure any amount of sufferings for its sake. Thus is discipline healthfully added to sweetness. This discipline ought not to be desired and prayed for, for a small measure of grace and goodness, that is, holy love, but for so great as may not be extinguished by the weight of the chastening. But like a great conflagration under the impulse of the wind, in proportion as it is withstood, may rekindle with redoubled ardour. For this reason it was not enough to say, Thou hast dealt in sweetness toward thy servant, without again praying that he would teach him sweetness, so much in fact as to enable him to endure with the utmost patience the discipline. In the third place is mentioned knowledge, since if knowledge in its greatness outstrips the increase of love, it doth not edify, but puffeth up. When, therefore, love in the sweetness of goodness shall be so strong, as that it cannot be extinguished by the tribulations which discipline useth, then will knowledge be useful, whereby a man learneth what he hath himself deserved, and what hath been given him of God, through which he discovereth that he can do what he knew not that he could do, and what he could not do by any means by himself. But three, in that he saith not, Give unto me, but, O learn me, how is the sweetness taught, if it be not given? Since many know what doth not delight them, and find no sweetness in things of which they have no knowledge. For sweetness cannot be learned unless it please. Also discipline, which signifieth the tribulation which chasteneth, is learnt by receiving, that is, not by hearing, or reading, or thinking, but by feeling. But knowledge, which he hath placed third in the things which he says, Teach me, is given by teaching. For what is to teach, save to give knowledge? And these two things are so mutually connected, that the one cannot exist without the other. For no one is taught except he learn, and no one learneth save he be taught. And therefore, if a pupil be not able to understand what is said by the teacher, the teacher cannot say, I taught him, but he did not learn. Though he may say, I told him what was to be said, but he did not learn, because he had no perception, no comprehension, no understanding. For in truth he too would have learnt if the teacher had taught. And therefore God, when he would teach, first giveth understanding, without which a man cannot learn those things which pertain to the divine doctrine. Whence also the psalmist, a little below, saith, O give me understanding, that I may learn thy commandments. A man may then, when he wisheth to teach anyone, say those words which our Lord said to his disciples after he rose from the dead. But he cannot do what he did. For the gospel saith, then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, But what he said unto them is read there. But they understood what he said, because he opened unto them the means of understanding it. God therefore teacheth sweetness by inspiring delight. 
He teacheth discipline by tempering tribulation. He teacheth knowledge by insinuating perception. Since then there are some things which we learn merely that we may know them, others that we may also do them. When God teacheth them, he so teacheth that we may know what ought to be known by opening the truth, so teacheth that we may do what we ought to do by inspiring sweetness. For it is no idle prayer to him, Teach me that I may do thy will. He saith, Teach me that I may do, not merely that I may know. For the righteous deeds we work are the fruits which we render unto our landlord. But Scripture saith, The Lord shall give sweetness, and our land shall yield her increase. But what is that land, save that concerning which is said to him who giveth sweetness? My soul gaspeth unto thee as a thirsty land. 4. After saying, O learn me sweetness, discipline, and knowledge, he added, For I have believed thy commandments. And herein we may justly inquire, why he said not, I obeyed rather than I believed. For commandments are one thing, promises another. We undertake to obey commandments, that we may deserve to receive promises. We therefore believe promises, obey commandments. What then meaneth, I have believed thy commandments? Save this, I believe that thou didst command them, thou not some human being, although they have been ministered unto men through men. Since therefore I believe that they were thy commandments, let that faith of mine whereby I believe this gain from thee grace whereby I may do what thou hast commanded. For if a man were to command me this outwardly, would he assist me inwardly to do what he ordered? Teach me, therefore, sweetness by inspiring charity. Teach me discipline by giving patience. Teach me knowledge by enlightening my understanding. For I have believed thy commandments. I have believed that thou who art God, and who givest unto man whence thou mayest cause him to do that thou commandest, has commanded these things. 5. Verse 67. Before I was humbled, I went wrong. Wherefore, I have kept thy word, or as some have it more closely, thy utterance. That is, lest I should be humbled again. This is better referred to that humiliation which took place in Adam, in whom the whole human creature, as it were, being corrupted at the root, as it refused to be subject to truth, was made subject to vanity which it was profitable to the vessels of mercy to feel, that by throwing down pride, obedience might be loved, and misery perish, never again to return. 6. Verse 68. Sweet art thou, Lord, or as many have it, sweet art thou, even thou, O Lord. Some also, sweet art thou, or good art thou, as we have before treated of this word, and in thy sweetness teach me thy statutes. He truly desire to do the righteousness of God, since he desireth to learn them in his sweetness from him unto whom he hath said, Sweet art thou, O Lord. 7. Verse 69. Next he saith, The iniquity of the proud hath been multiplied upon me. 
of those that is whom it profited not that human nature was humbled after it went wrong but i will search thy commandments with thy whole heart howsoever he saith iniquity shall abound love shall not grow cold in me he as it were saith this who in his sweetness learneth the righteousnesses of god for in proportion as the commandments of him who aideth us are the more sweet so much the more doth he who loveth him search after them that he may perform them when known and may learn them by doing them because they are more perfectly understood when they are performed eight verse seventy their heart is curdled as milk whose save the proud whose iniquity he hath said hath been multiplied upon him. But he wisheth it to be understood by this word and in this passage, that their heart hath become hard. It is used also in a good sense, as in the 67th Psalm, a hill that is cheesed, a rich hill, and is understood to mean full of grace. For this word some have also interpreted curdled, but see what he contrasts on his own part with their hardness of heart. But I, he saith, delight in thy law. What law? One that is most just and most merciful. Whence it is said unto him, And have mercy upon me according to thy law. He resisteth the proud, that they may become hardened, but giveth grace to the humble, that they may love obedience and receive excellence. For by delight in this law voluntary humiliation is preserved, so that penal humiliation be escaped, of which he presently speaketh. 9. Verse 71. It is good for me that thou hast humbled me, that I might learn of thy righteousnesses. He hath said something kindred to this above. Before I was troubled, I went wrong. Therefore have I kept thy word. For by the fruit itself he showeth it was a good thing for him to be humbled. But in the former passage he hath stated the cause also, in that he felt beforehand that humiliation which resulted from his punishment when he went wrong. But in these words, Wherefore have I kept thy word? And again in these, that I might learn thy righteousnesses. He seemeth to me to have signified that to know these is the same thing as to keep them, to keep them the same thing as to know them. For Christ knew what he reproved, and yet he reproved sin, though it is said of him that he knew not sin. He knew therefore by a kind of knowledge, and again he knew not by a kind of ignorance. Thus also many learn the righteousnesses of God, and learn them not. For they know them in a certain way, and again do not know them from a kind of ignorance, since they do them not. In this sense the psalmist, therefore, is to be understood to have said, that I might learn thy righteousnesses, meaning that kind of knowledge whereby they are performed. 10. Verse 72. But that this is not gained, save through love, wherein he doeth them hath delight, on which account it is said, In thy sweetness teach me thy righteousness. The following verse showeth, wherein he saith, 
the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver so that love loveth the law of god more than avarice loveth thousands of gold and silver end of psalm 119 discourse 17